It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Partida Partido Podcast, where we talk everything a lady. So after humiliating eliminations by teams from lower leagues like in the third division and the second division, the Copa de Rey, Aliti have finally made it to the quarterfinals for the first time in three years. And with the departure of Joao Felix and Kumia, Aliti kind of needed a replacement because they said if no one goes out, nobody comes in and we both live in a little brought in someone and to discuss on all of that it is kelvin brown so kel how are you i'm fine thank you uh, how are you well i'm doing great um kelv um, is a brighton fan on twitter you can find him at, at kevin but we are going to um tag him when we upload this episode so kelv um you are a brighton fan and you are a, also a la liga fan it's kind of rare seeing Fans of Premier League clubs have an interest in, say, La Liga. I know we have a chat on Twitter called La Liga Drones, where we have some fans like that. So, Kelv, what really interests you? What piqued your interest into the Spanish game? Well, it started when I was um, when I was younger, and um, of course, growing up in in England, being a fan of the England team, my favourite player was David Beckham, who, of course, uh, moved to moved to uh, Real Madrid and and I just started to watch a lot of the games and the style of play really um, intrigued me because it was more about actually, you know, passing and keeping the ball rather than what we saw in England, which was some teams doing that, but it was just... And it was just, 
just seeing something that different just refreshed me and it kind of opened my eyes. And as I got older, you then see what, what Pep did at Barca, then what Simeone has done at, at Atleti and, and other clubs like Villarreal, Betis, Sevilla. And, and through my lifetime and through my time growing up watching it, they've, Spanish teams have also been exceptional in Europe as well. So, so it was just the feeling of seeing something different and just seeing something that, um, even though I have no family links to Spain, it was just like it, it, on a football way, it just made more sense. And you know, I thought I've I've generally always enjoyed La Liga more than than um, the Premier League. Well, that's kind of interesting you talking about difference in style because uh, just before we recorded, I listened to. An interview for Adam Lalana, which was done by Graham, and then it was kind of similar thing he said because he said you know in England they kind of cheer you more for runs, but then you have in Spain it's kind of different. And he was talking about him being a Spanish type of midfielder playing in England or being born in England. So it's kind of amazing that uh, that really piqued your interest because um, you know some of the things like the difficulties the Spanish league have, especially in terms of viewership with um, most fans of the big clubs instead watching most of the Premier League. But now we have a fan of the Premier League instead of watching the Liga Club. That's really, really nice. And you mentioning the likes of Villarreal, Aleti, they are those achievements. That's, that's really, really great. And well, as a Brighton fan, well, Brighton are doing well at the moment because I think they are everyone's goal team at the moment or most watched team at the moment. So how's, how is it been and what are some of the things that, well, has changed given in my opinion, Graham Potter did a fine job and they were really underperforming. And when they were about to, when they started performing, like, I mean, I mean, underperforming in terms of their output because their results did not match the way they played. And that is a similar thing to the opening reality face today against Valerie So things have changed and how things are brighton at the moment. Well, they're very good. I mean, we're top half of, of, of the league for this early this kind of midway through the season, which is rare for us. We're normally um, bottom half, kind of near the relegation bat- battle, but not really in it, particularly for, for people that are neutrals. But yeah, I mean, um, the club's gone through massive changes from when Chris Hutton left. And, and as you mentioned, Graham Potter came in and the style was changed. And our chairman, Tony Bloom, who's also a Brighton fan, laid it out and said, this is the way we're going to play it won't work straight away because the Chris Hutton style is is very similar to the Simeone style in terms of thinking defensively first, looking to counter-attack, um, you know, making sure that we don't concede, whereas the style under Graham Potter and now Roberto De Zerbi is, is the opposite. It's being on the front foot, it's wanting the ball all the time, um, controlling games that way so it, it, it took our players quite a bit of time and of course Graham came in in his first season was the season that was stopped because of the pandemic which was never going to make things easy for him but we've we've been able to to do that thing that I think Atletico have struggled with in that in recent years and that's finding players that matches the the identity of the club and the style of the coach um, well well, well, you talked about um, sacking Chris Hutton. I, for one, I was like Brighton sacking him when he was not really doing bad, but well, that's all quite tenor, well, which is which is really not bad. And what do you think was like a factor for that 
turnover being successful because going from a team like you said thinking defensively first and then try to hit opponents on the counter and now to a team being on the front foot what do you think kind of change and the players how have they bought into that idea because it seems at the moment everything is working and the players are really into it and like in the interview i mentioned lalana even said that when graham left he had to like step in and try try to like tell the players to buy into the coaches idea. do you think that was the same case for was this someone when Porter came in and tried to introduce his ideas i'm sure um a lot of the players were were bought into it and of course before chris arrived we had coaches like uh, gus poyer and oscar garcia who some of you may know um of course you everyone will know gus but and also oscar who played in la liga i think he coached he coached el tovigo for a little bit and that was more of a possession base but we were struggling to get out of of the championship and then sammy hoopier came in for a bit it, it didn't go well so then chris Uton came in and so yeah and then, and don't get me wrong, Chris did fantastic for us. He got us into the Premier League. He kept us there for two years. And I'm sure that our key players, Lewis Dunk, our captain, I'm just thinking back to the squad when when Graham came in, players like Davy Proper and, and Pascal Gross, who's still with us, who who are more technically technically gifted players. So they're players that ideally, and they did, would would suit Graham's more Graham more of Graham's style. And I think. Um, it was interesting because I remember when Graham Potter, um, a few weeks after he started, we had a couple of draws and Davy Proper gave an interview to Dutch TV or it might have been Dutch radio and he said something along the lines of, um, yeah, I'd rather draw or lose this way than win the way we played for the last two years. So there was obviously a significant mentality shift in, in the fact that I think the players wanted the style to change. We didn't do well in the league in Chris's last six months, even though he led us to the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley when we lost to Man City. So it was just one of those things, a bit like a crossroads, I think, the the club felt that we needed a change. And Tony went for it and he went for Graham Potter, who had only worked at Ostersunds and one year at, in Sweden and one year at Swansea before coming here. So it was a risk, but um, our chairman is... Um, He's a pro gambler and a poker player, so he's he's very uh, he's certainly not afraid to take risks. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's quite interesting. Well, enough of Brighton. This is not a Brighton podcast, an analytic podcast. So, um, <laughs> well, you talked about the fact that he took a gamble, and that's something that I'm not been willing to take recently. But and I tweeted this some while back that some of the the things for success is you kind of look for a style you want to identify your team with and you think the fans will be okay with, then you look for a manager who suits that style and then your recruitment should be like that. But that's not been the case for Aleti. And you have people like, I think, Severa, he said it best, that um, he, he is a fan of what Chulo has done at Aleti. And as for the struggles recently, he is not quite doubting Cholo's abilities, but he is doubting the abilities of those around him. And we all know he's talking about the board because they are bringing in players who doesn't suit how Cholismo is supposed to be. And he mentioned that as well. Mm-hmm. So you talking about Brighton being excellent at recruiting, that's just fantastic because seeing some of the recruitment and some of the fees they pay, imagine being a, I don't want to call it, money league like the Premier League, and then you have the Man City, the Liverpool's paying 50 million, 60 million for players. But you have Brighton bringing in players for what I would call chicken change at the moment. So it's kind of really, really interesting because you have Aliti scouting and doing something similar. 
I think it's now been a norm for me because each episode I keep mentioning this. You have Lotaro Martinez and Inter, you have Bruno Guimarães and Newcastle. Those were players who would have joined a little for chicken chase, but well, that's history. So coming to Aliti, Kelf, Aliti have been struggling this season and it's really, really bad. And things improve after the World Cup, which has been encouraging, but now the performances have not been consistent within games, and that's really, really kind of tough to watch at times because it's frustrating within because you know, I know what this team can give. I'm not saying I'm better than Cholo, but I just feel they can give more. So you have Aleti playing a game, they take a lead, they disappear. Ah, oh, that's frustrating. Man. But that kind of this with Cholo's ideas, that's who he is. He cannot change who he is. And Lalana talked about the fact in the interview I mentioned before the podcast, Lalana talked about the fact that you have Real Madrid playing. I'm sorry, I'm going to use them as an example because I fucking hate them. You have them playing and then they are two down in the Champions League, but they are not panicking. They are confident of their abilities. They know Modric in the right space and time will pick the pass. And if Benzema has the opportunity, he scores. So you have the confidence in that ability. And it's the same he mentioned for Man City and I think for Brighton is the same. They know that if we can create the 1v1s out wide for Mitoma, what happens? He creates those chances for us. So we can get Sony match in one v ones. He will be able to cut onto his left and then curl one into the far post. So, but now with Aleti, I think the golden era of Aleti, where you had the good Diego Godins, I think that was the same case. Aleti were confident in the fact that if we take the lead, we are confident of seeing out that lead or adding to that lead. We will not concede. And I think that is something which has disappeared and it's not only down to Cholo, but as well to the board because of the players they have brought in. For example, you now have Hemoso. You have the club bringing someone like Hemoso, who is not very good defensively, but what he brings on the ball kind of aids the team. So you have those beliefs. So, Kelv, what do you think uh, needs to change? Because Cholo keep on their positives, yes, but that consistency is lacking. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yep, it, it, it certainly is. Um, well, in terms of um, in terms of Cholo Simeone, um, I think he needs to um, find out what system he wants to use and stick with it for a while. I mean, I know that you want to be unpredictable, but when you're changing system as much as he does during games, and you've got players like Jeffrey Kondogbia, um, I think it was in the game at Almeria, looking across as if to say, "Where am I supposed to be playing?" You've got Molina, who's who's had a good World Cup, he's improving. And at one minute, he's right wing back. One minute, he's right back. The next minute, he's a centre-back in the back three. 
I think um, the best way to describe that is because of the way Cholo plays and you shouldn't ask him to change because that's who he is. He's he's trying to rely on his defence, but his defence, as you mentioned, because of your recruitment, is now the weakest part of your team, especially when Savic and Jimenez are injured. It's just he wants to rely on them and they can't and they're... And they've got good quality up front, but they've only really got Morata as the type of striker that he likes. We'll see how Memphis fits into everything, because I'm still a little bit unsure about how um, Chilo will use him. But and, and and as you said, the recruitment's not been great. It's been yes, it's the worst thing you can do for for Chilo. It's bring him players that he doesn't want, or. Yeah, just bringing him players he doesn't want, doesn't fit what he asks. Jao Felix has probably been the main example of that, and there's probably others. You know, Thomas Lamar's been inconsistent. One minute you think Lamar's getting a run in the team, he's doing well, he has one bad game, he's then dropped and then doesn't play. Carrasco, this, um, he's in his second spell, but he he doesn't seem to be performing well this season either. So it's there's just so many things that aren't working, but... Um, Charlo's not to blame for everything, but he's certainly not helping himself. Well, I think you put it well. He's not to blame for anything, but he's not helping himself because changing formations every game or changing tactics every game is not really the best. And you have a kind of really evasive coach, which, in my opinion, does actually small, but Aletia at the stage where I think they can evolve. When I say evolve, I don't mean they should be like Man City or be like the Zabis Brighton take that amount of risks because if I was an analytic fan and I see my goalkeeper like holding the ball under his thoughts and calling for pressure, I'll be like, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it because I know that is those are the risks that come with playing that way and there are benefits, which is great, but well, it's not really style, I would say, I really as you said with, but Alexi, that title winning season, I think, where you have a mid-block team, descend on the ball and we are good. I because at the moment, Aleti are kind of a reactive team. There are two things yeah. I think you expect from a game from Aleti. As someone watches La Liga every week, you agree with me, right? You have either they concede the first goal, and then you see a team playing as the best team in the world, which no matter the opponent, the opponent will not be able to play like we saw last season in the Champions League against Man City. Or you have a team who scores first, and then it's like, and they are, they are no longer available. It's like they are dead. So... Like I said, it's about belief. So, like you said, he's yeah. not helping himself and he has to come out with the best that suits his player because he himself has said that, well, Aliti has very good players and that's true, even though I think the squad is not balanced and I know he covers a lot for the board, which kind of aches my heart because the board have really been rubbish since 2017 with the recruitment and so many other things because that's things we can talk about later. But he has to bring the best because at the moment you have a version of this man who can play Far from the pool, no problem. You have, but he notice he does not have those players who can do that. Lutaro would have been perfect for that. Had Aleti gone for Nunes when he was in Amaria, he could have been perfect for that. So they did not bring him the players he needed or he needs for his system to function. So coming to Memphis, he talked about his press conference about the fact that Memphis is the player who does were in the middle and. I know I might be dreaming, but all Aleti fans are dreamers. But we have, I think I have the illusion that Memphis kind of provoked him to do what he did in the title winning season for Suarez. Because 
the way he spoke about Memphis and from the conclusion I drew from that, I saw Simeon, a guy who I think he is in love with Memphis abilities, especially his finishing. He knows Memphis is lethal. And the Memphis signing, I can say one of the positive, I think all Athletic fans are happy is his penalty record. He's a very good penalty taker. And you know, I think Kelf, you for one, know Athletic's record with penalties. It's really, really horrible. So he talked about uh, Memphis being in the middle and he compared Memphis to Costa. So, Kelf, what's your opinion on that comparison and what do you think Memphis can bring to Aliti? Well, um, he'll, he'll bring goals. I think he'll, he'll bring a desire to play because he's only played, I think, three or four games in the last six months. And pretty early on from his time at Barca, Xavi wasn't massively, I think, keen on him, but used him because they didn't have the attacking options that they do now. Um, it, I was intrigued by when I heard that he had compared Memphis to, to Costa. Um, I see some of the comparison. I think Memphis is very good and we've seen it in La Liga when the ball comes into him, especially to his feet, and he can just hold the defender off and then be able to spin in either direction to either get a shot away or to put the ball back back across goal. He doesn't have the the aerial presence. I don't think he's a an aggressive pressing animal as Costa, or maybe Simeone thinks it's there and he can get it out of him. We'll have, we'll have to see. Um, but I do think Memphis is is better centrally. Or if if Simeone, as he has done, he has played kind of like a three four three at times. I think it could work where you have Griezmann and Memphis just behind Morata. So then, so then Memphis has a little bit more freedom to to get in that kind of that space between the fullback and the centre back, where Memphis can either run in behind or he can take people on, or even that Morata can go. The defence has to then drop, and then that frees up not just Memphis, but if I'm theoretically talking about the system that I would probably play at the moment, it then also frees up Griezmann to then however, arrive in the box or just wait on the edge of the box for the ball being cleared for a shot. But he, the good thing about it is that Simeone actually seems happy that Memphis has arrived, which we were talking earlier. That's critical for the fact it seems to be that, yeah, he's asked specifically for Memphis. So he obviously feels that however they're going to play, I don't think Memphis will start in your game against Vide, the leader. He'll probably come on from the bench. But I'm really intrigued because... He can play up front. He can play wide. He has played as the second striker. So he, he can play lots of different um, roles. And it'll be interesting to see where um, Simeone thinks he's best. For the fact that he's been compared to Costa, it seems to be that he wants to play him through the middle, whether that's with Morata in a four-four-two or without Morata and playing Memphis and, and Griezmann together and then bringing Morata on later. I don't know. I generally believe you guys play better when Morata's in the team because he gives you that focal point. The fullbacks or the wingbacks that you have when they get wide, they know they can put crosses into the box knowing that Morata can attack them. So I would like to see a, a, a kind of a front three of Memphis, Griezmann and Morata, but um, will we see that after this season? I have no idea. Well, Kev, um, Chulo said in his conference that... Um... He he wants to bring back Memphis best, and that was when he was a young. I think mm-hmm. Memphis. That's when he was a young. That's actually the I think twenty twenty 
2021 season where he had uh, 32 goal contributions, where he scored 20 goals and provided 12 assists. So it kind of shows you Memphis is like he has similarities to Griezmann in that they are players who can score goals and they can also assist. And like we mentioned, I think the reason he compares Griezmann, I'm sorry, Memphis to Costa is for the fact that for Memphis, we mentioned his back to goal game and then he is not easily, he is very good in duels and he does not lose duels, but like you said, he does not have the area presence. And as for suiting that reality, you just mentioned the 3 4 3, and I think he used that in the game against Betis, where he kind of played a 3, I think it was a 3 4 2 1, where you had mm-hmm. Korea and Griezmann behind the main striker, and they both played in the half spaces, the interiors, where they drop and give Alexis superiority in midfield to progress the ball. And to be honest, till did, I think, apart from the title winning season, that has been my best match so far because. Aliti were proactive. They won that game 3-0. And it was really nice scene. But they, like we said before, why can't they do that regularly? It's really tough. And now with Memphis, like I said, I have the illusion. I'm hoping that Aliti kind of plays to his strength, play closer to goal because he can do that. And as for how Chulu will use him, I think he gave a hint in his conference. He said Memphis is a player who can play as a striker or as a second striker. So... I think he is talking about the current Memphis because the Memphis who was a winger is no more, in my opinion. It's a more of player who plays interior in, in as in middle or like we saw in his early days in Barca, can play in the left half space where he scored that excellent goal against Athletic Club where he had Inigo with his back, then he spins him and then he scored a fantastic goal. So you have a Memphis and I think like it's another signing from Barcelona. So I don't know, but you are kind of half this superstition that well, when a little science is striker from Barcelona, what happens? It has to work. You have Costa, sorry, you have David Villa, now you mm-hmm. have, you also had Griezmann, we, I know Griezmann came for Atletico, but that was, <laughs> I don't know how, what happened for Barcelona to give you, you also have Suarez, and I don't know if coincidentally, Gris, Memphis has taken the nine shirt, and David Villa, you had um, the nine shirt, and that was the same number Suarez had, so, I'm not saying that it's going to happen because I don't know the future, but well, things are going to happen. And Memphis, we have talked about his, I think he's physically good. But I think an aspect of his game which get overlooked is the fact that he's, a, he's an excellent dribbler and he's the type of player who can get you off your seat. I think his first games in the camp, it was evident. You could see, that's the post-Messi era, you could see him making, the camp was kind of lively, which was great. And I hope that happens especially in the derby, because I think if he might start that, which is kind of good. So, Kelf, do you think Memphis will have an impact or is Aliti the right place for him to kind of revive his career because he has had now two stomping blocks. Excellent season at PSV United and it didn't work out. Excellent season at Lyon, Barcelona, it didn't work out. And now he is hungry to prove himself. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly hungry to to prove himself. So, I, um, I mean, it, it might take a few games because he's not played to, to get back into the rhythm and for you guys to see him at his at his best. But I don't see why it it can't. I mean, as you've mentioned, you've got an excellent record of taking strikers from from Barcelona, particularly strikers who at that time are not wanted by Barcelona, and that's probably the other extra motivation that Simeone uses. Um, he's played in La Liga, so he doesn't have to adapt to the league. He's lived in Spain, so 
Of course, he's lived in Barcelona, so he's now got to live in Madrid, which probably won't be any real adaptation for him. So you're not buying someone um, or bringing in someone who's never been in the league before. So he should. So it might take him a game or two, but it should settle. He should settle down quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't see why it wouldn't work. He has most of the attributes that Simeone likes, and um, and hopefully that. That he can just get, he can get a run of games and get a consistency, but also get a consistency if they're, if if you're playing the four four two. Hopefully, there's a consistency with whoever's playing up front with him, which would probably be Griezmann. Because I think if those two can can link together and and have a run of games, and because I'm sure Gre- sure Griezmann can 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 show his quality to release him or to get the ball out wide for crosses that that Memphis can get on the end of. And you mentioned about. Um, getting the crowd going and, and how he was doing that when he first went to Barca. And I'm, I'm sure he'll try to do the same at, um, at Atleti to, to get the crowd and to get you guys excited as well, because e- even at home, um, you've only won one home game in the last however many, which was beating Elche. So you need to start winning at home again and that can then breed confidence that you might be able to take on to take on the road. So... So yeah, but ho- hopefully Memphis can can keep can get in the team, have a run, and show the quality that we all know that he has because he's he's not a bad player. But hopefully he can find a home at Atleti, and, and Simeone can get the best out of him. You mentioned for the fact that they have to play higher up the pitch and play closer to goal, like you were doing with Suarez for a while because he, Cello didn't always do that, but. If you can play higher at the pitch, if particularly when Savage and Jimenez are back, if you can keep them fit towards the end of the season, then defensively you're going to be better, which may allow Simeone to play a little bit higher up the pitch. Well, if you mention him linking with Chris Mannan, I think that would be fantastic because he can take off some of the creative duties of Chris Mannan. We know Chris Mann, he is not only a ball to fit player, he can also make off the ball run. So they can kind of play off each other, which will be fantastic. Hopefully, we see that and be it Morata or be Griezmann, we see them linking up. So I mentioned at the start that um, Aliti make it to the quarterfinals of the Copa de Rey for the first time. And well, Aliti they drawn against uh, Real Madrid and it's an away game and, and just 300 tickets were given for Aliti, which kind of if, make me kind of angry because you have an 80,000 capacity stadium and then just 300 for Aliti fans kind of sends out the wrong message because it's true they have the home advantage, but like at least you don't have any supporters at all but well we are going to cover everything up and talking about the copa de redraws i mentioned a little facing going to visiting the benabao you have barcelona hosting la real sociedad or la real you have osasuna welcoming sevilla to El Sada, and then you have valencia versality club so Kelf, those are and those are really really good draws and for a neutral purpose those are really really entertaining games so can you run us through those fixtures and maybe which one we should be looking for except the Aleti game because that's obvious for Aletico fans. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be um, interesting because Real Madrid have a lot of games coming up as as well because um, they're fighting on four fronts at the moment. So, of course, that's the main one. Pr- probably the other one with, with the form of the two teams is, is Barca and Real Sociedad teams that play very similar football as well. 
It's going to be interesting. After Barca winning the Super Copa, Xavi, Xavi, Xavi will be under pressure to 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 win the, the Copa as well. And knowing that one of Real or Atleti will be out because you're playing each other, I'm sure that will give Barca a bit more motivation as well. Osasuna Sevilla is going to be interesting, but with the form of the two sides at the moment, I think Osasuna will be favourites. And then Valencia Athletic Club. Again, another one that's going to be interesting. Two teams that aren't in great form at the moment, but um, winning in the in the Copa to get through to, I believe, which which will be the semi-final, could be the turning point for their season. But, but yeah, I mean, the, as you said, they're all very, very good draws, all interesting games. Um, I think the Copa del Rey's improved a lot in the last couple of years with changing the two-legged format. So you've only got um, the one game I think it's made the games more exciting. It's it's convinced um, managers and coaches to put out stronger starting 11s, knowing that there's no second leg, there might be extra time. But um, so yeah, but really looking forward to to the next round, and you'll be interested to see what how um, um, Cholo goes to Madrid and and what he thinks Atleti should do. Well, like you mentioned, on form the. Probably the one I think everybody eyes will be on will be Barca versus Larial, especially Larial, mm-hmm. who are doing fantastic at the moment because that's probably I think majority of La Liga's La Liga fans' best team to watch at the moment. You have those left footers, the WC Ras, Kubo, Bryce Mendes, who, in my opinion, has been the best player in La Liga this season. Sorry, the second best player in La Liga this season because the best player is Antoine Griezmann. So let's get that straight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like you rightly said, um, Sevilla visiting El, El Sada with the form they are in and also with the form Osasuna in makes it quite tough for them. And Valencia versus Alexi Duel is kind of an even game given both uh, in the new projects and are struggling. Though I think Sevilla's injuries, sorry, Valencia's injuries are not good for them. So, Kelf, um, Alexi take on Villarreal this evening at um, 7.30 GMT. So, can you please run us down? Because um, I think um, for for Valladolid, I'm sorry, for Atleti take on Valladolid this evening, and for Valladolid, um, you have um, Monchu will be missing, which is a huge blow for them, given he's one of their technical midfielders who make things happen for them. And Cholo had a lot of praise for, for for Pacheta, who is the head coach of Valladolid. And like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, they are a team who are playing very well, and I think one of the best teams to really enjoy them they, they move the ball around really well, they kind of press really well, and they have some good players like the young Ivan Fresnada who has been linked with so many big clubs in Europe. But now they've brought in someone really nice, which is um, David Machis. So mm-hmm. please run on. So can you please tell Aleti fans what to expect from Valladolid because they are, in my opinion, they are a good team and who pose a lot of threat to Aleti this evening. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the results because the results haven't been great, won't, but they don't always tell the story. As you've mentioned, they're, they're a good team, um, good, on, uh, good on the ball. But as you said, I think Monshu is, is out. So that's, that's a big loss in their, in their midfield. Uh, they're energetic in, in, in their press. So uh, they're very good at winning the ball back, particularly in midfield as well. When you think about Roque Mesa and, and Kike Perez, I, I think Sergio Leon's back from suspension. So, and and he's probably been their main striker that's got their goals. So that will give 
Vidalid um, a boost. And, and Vidalid needs something. You know, I think they've lost... They're on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. So they, they need... Uh, Pachetta needs a reaction, but he has done a good job there. And it won't be easy. As I mentioned earlier, I mean, you guys have struggled at, at home. Vidalid will will probably feel encouraged that you are struggling a little bit. It'll probably give them a bit of confidence. Um, there's no real pressure on Vidalid because most people are expecting um, Atleti to win. So the pressure will be off them a bit, but, but they are really being dragged into a very um, interesting uh, relegation battle in La Liga. So um, a difficult game for you, but um, but both teams, I think, need the win just as much as each other, but for different reasons. Well, like you mentioned, like you mentioned, a difficult win for it's already a difficult game for Aliti, and like you said, Aliti are struggling. Aliti are really struggling at home. Just eleven out of twenty-four, and we know that a Cholo Simeone, a Cholo Simeone team, is always very good at home, and that's quite bizarre record for them at the moment. And we, they have matches, and you have they have been missing. I think uh, despite the fact that they have been good, uh, most of their play have come cent- centrally or in counter-attacking situation or when they have tried to build up from the back and then capitalize on those moments by by passing opposition press. So having someone like Machis kind of gives yeah. their game to another level because they can kind of create 1v1s for him and he is very good dribbler as he showed when he was at Granada. So he can be a threat as well as Leon because he has been in fine form this season. He's been enjoying his time at Valladolid and playing under Pacheta and he's been sad seeing Weissman not living up to the expectation because he his first two seasons at Valladolid, the season they got relegated and the season they got promoted were fantastic. But I don't I don't know what has been the issues for him this season, but he has shown that he can be he's very good, but not not happening for him this season. And as for Aliti, you have Regulon suspended and you have Savage suspended. Those are two big blows because Savage is kind of the defensive general for Aliti and he is out. Mm-hmm. Though despite the fact that Yemenes is there, but I think Aletia are kind of worried because you have the incident at the World Cup which may affect him and he gets banned for a couple of matches. And as for Regulon, that's kind of sad because I, at the moment I prefer him over Carrasco because Carrasco at the moment is like, uh, he is not in his fine form and also you have the way he plays and when he's not in fine form, he kind of loses the boy a lot and kind of kill a lot of Atletico's attacks. So... Hopefully today, this evening, Aleti kind of put on a very good performance against Valerie because, like you said, we need it, especially given the fact that we are heading to the derby in the Copa de Rey, and the Copa de Rey is the only realistic trophy Aleti can win this season, and that's a trophy Aleti has not won for a long time, or I would say not taken seriously for a long time. So, if we can win this game, confidence booster for us, which would be nice. So, Kevin, before we go, um, I wanted to ask... Uh, What's your opinion on the young Pablo Barrios? Because he's been the breakthrough player. It's like he after the World he has he's like a bit of fresh air for Aleti this season. And I've been quite amazed by him transferring those levels from the B team to the first team, and he has even surpassed my expectations. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd heard the name, uh, but I hadn't really seen him play before. Um, he he came in, I, I think, against Elche in the league. I think he I think he may have played at Oviedo in in the Copa, but. No, I've been really impressed. Good use of the ball. Um, yeah, he, he just seems like a 
a, a very, very good young midfield player, good on the ball. Simeone seems to trust him because he started quite a few of the uh, of, of the games since coming into the team. R- reminds me a little bit of, of Koke when he first came in. A little bit different because, of course, Koke played wider in that in that four four two, whereas Barrios has played centrally either alongside Koke or Kondogbia or many alongside those two. So, but no, he's really impressed me. Really good player, as you mentioned. He's, he's given you guys um, a bit of fresh air in in the midfield. Um, I'm only guessing here because of the way Cholo's been picking the teams. I don't think anyone's got a clue what he's going to do, but I expect Barrios to start today, and I, I also expect him to start in the Copper at the Bernabeu midweek. Um, I think his energy and also his um, fearlessness. You know, he's not afraid to to try things. He's not afraid to ask for the ball to try and make things um, happen and to, to get the ball forward a little bit quicker. And they're going to need that today. And especially you're going to need that at, at the Bernabeu uh, in the copper. So, yeah, but he's very, very, very good. And um, and he's only going to get better playing alongside Koke and Kondogbia and, 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 and even learning off someone like Axel Vixel, who predominantly plays as a centre-back. For you guys, he's got top quality central midfielders around him, different types of central midfielder and different personalities as well. So I'm sure he's going to learn off all of them. So, Kelvin, before you go, what are your positions for those who make it into a second round of, so sorry, to the semi-finals of the Copa de Rey? I don't want to ask this competition for tonight because I'm kind of superstitious. So what are your positions? <laughs> putting you under um, the, putting you on the hot seat. Um, well, I think Osasuna will get past um, Sevilla, um, but, uh, particularly as it's at um, El Sadar as well. Barca, Real Sociedad, maybe Barca, but I would like to see Real Sociedad get through. <laughs> um, Valencia, Athletic. Um, I'd probably just go towards Athletic, but, um, but maybe, uh, yeah, I, I'll just say Athletic. And in terms of you guys, unfortunately, even though I'd, I'd like it for you guys for Atleti to win, I, I I can't see Atleti going there and winning and winning at, at the moment just because of how inconsistent they've been. As you said, that they've become a team that's now too reactive. You mentioned about Real Madrid earlier and about that there's no panic where it seems to be that's all Charlo seems to be doing at the moment. So. Unfortunately, I can only see Real winning. I hope in that, in that case I'm wrong. But as you said, the, the differences between the two managers in terms of no matter what happens, Anstrotti never panics when you've got Simeone, who at the moment just seems to be panicking all the time. That almost certainly could be the difference. Well, you know, it takes a lot of courage to come to a little podcast and kind of predict the elim- elimination. Well, it's logical, it's logical. We'll let that pass, we'll let that pass. Well, we can let that pass if. <laughs> Ha- we can work something. Wrong. Well, you hope that you said we are going to. Well, we can let that pass, and hopefully, by letting that pass, and also by forgiving you, Aliti can work something out with Brighton for McAllister this summer. So, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. No worries. Hopefully, we don't pay much, and maybe we give you guys the poll. I'm sure deserving might want the poll. So, so I'm cool. I'm cool. So. I think that's okay. Well, as for my positions, I think I go opposite of you, except uh, Osasuna. That is, 
like the underdog. That's why Sopaleti, you have a lady winning in that Benabao. Yes, we have not done that for a long time. I think it should be. The last time we won that, I think was, I think is it 2016 where Griezmann scored the winning goal? I think Zidane was in charge. Yes. At that time. Yes, that's yeah. right, I think. Yeah, so we are going to do that. And the Copa de Rey was kind of where Aleti kickstart Cholosimo by winning at the Benabao in 2013. So we are going to do the repeat yeah. of that. And I. Laria going to the Camp Nou and shocking Barcelona, I I will not be surprised and I wonder and I predict that will happen because of Xavi's inconsistency in games and how easy it is to pin them down. I think the Espanol game says much better. Like you said they are unconfident actually after that display against Real Madrid, but if the press highlight they did and it's Laria, very technical team and they, they can easily play through you, I think they're in danger. And yeah. as for Sasuna, it's a tough ground for Sevilla. Elsa, that's always been tough for everybody, anybody and Sevilla with their form. I don't see them winning there. And finally, Aleti Valencia, I go for Valencia because I kind of like the Gattuso's history, but Aleti's history in the Copa de Rey is not easy to ignore, but Valencia. So let's see what things pan out for. So, Kelv, it's been nice chatting with you and on the, on this, on the podcast, and hopefully we invite you more because your really your knowledge of la liga is really really good and hopefully you can maybe put in a word for Aliti when they are about to sign McAllister. so kelf it's been nice chatting with you <laughs> thank you so much yeah um yeah I'll, I'll get on the phone to tony bloom and um yeah to be fair i'd rather him go to athletic than it means he doesn't go to a premier league rival if he does leave so <laughs> Oh, I see. You don't want a repeat of, of what happened to Bisuma. Oh, that's fair. Fair, fair. That's nice. That's nice. Oh. It, it would be more ideal, but... <laughs> well, sadly, I, I think that's not really realistic because of the funds. And given, except that McAllister would really love to play on that Cholo, but if I were, let's say, I give them the ball and I give some cash and I think we have a deal because you are giving them a replacement. Well, Kelf, it's been fantastic and i think so far this has been the best episode i've recorded as the one being in charge when my co when sorry when the host is not there that's at so it's been really nice and thank you for making my job easier <laughs> no problem thank you thank you very much it's been uh, absolutely fantastic to be invited on thank you well hopefully a little bit real madrid this weekend a little club big madrid this weekend in la liga and we can all enjoy so thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Partido Partido Podcast. And remember, Aleti fans, Nunca Deha Decree, never stop believing.